Welcome to Kyo Reset. God loves you, and he's all about second chances. He's made us brand new. You know, reset means to start over, set anew, to set, adjust, or repair in a new way, to put back in the correct position for healing. Reset is about you emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Get a brand new start today and embrace God's plan for your life. Get ready for a reset. This is session number eight, and today we're going to talk about love. Now, there's genuine, real love, and there is the love that is a substitute, the fake kind of love. Now, the world, whether we like it or not, is pushing young people to have sex today. Uh, Listen to music from any time in the last 20, 15, 20, 30 years, and the lyrics will address sex either boldly and bluntly in the lyrics or in a really veiled message throughout the lyrics. Music, through the world, really pushes uh, sex on young people, and that it's okay, and that it's permissible, and that uh, regardless of what the Word of God says, that, that it's okay. Movies and TV are pushing the same message. Well, as long as you, quote, love the person, then it's okay. Friends may pressure you. There's a lot of peer pressure, like, well, you know, there's all kinds of pressure coming from friends, movie, TV, and music. But the thing is, the world will never tell you about how to deal with the problems that show up if you give in and engage in sexual immorality. Let me tell you that sexual immorality brings consequences. There are consequences. The movies and TV shows never show you the guy leaving the girl uh, after she finally consents to having sex. You know, some, in some cases the girl remains pure and she wants to save it for marriage. And then finally she'll relent or give in to the guy. And there may be even some cases where a guy gives in to a girl. I mean, it's it could happen either way. But they never show the consequences. They never show the guy bailing or moving on to the next girl. Or the girl to the next guy. Music. That music doesn't tell you about what's going to happen after having an abortion. What happens during an abortion? After an abortion. We now have a movie called Unplanned that actually... Uh, addresses the situation. Uh, Movies and TV do not address the nightmares and regret that comes after abortion. What about sexually transmitted diseases or infections? I mean, just imagine. James Bond is one of the biggest ladies' men in the movies. I mean, he certainly would not last with the amount of diseases and infections going around today. Again, TV and movies are fiction. Let's talk reality. If you do have sex, and if you get pregnant, some people consider abortion. Let me tell you that abortion is not the answer. Now, according to a study from the University of Minnesota, and I've gone over many of these statistics and saved the date. They may be different, but I'm going to use from this particular study uh, from the University of Minnesota, 2,795 girls got pregnant. Out of that number, 1,106 will get an abortion. 81%, 81%, 5 to 10 years after the abortion, have a preoccupation with the abortion, like can't stop thinking about it. It's always on their mind. 73% of the girls had flashbacks. 54% had nightmares. 23% reported hallucinations related to the abortion. And more than 70%, again, more than 70% were not Christians. Keep that in mind. Sexually transmitted diseases are a real possibility as well. 4,219 contract an STD or STI. 
that would almost be an entire high school in some parts of our country. The World Health Organization estimated way back in 2000 that 20 million would be infected with AIDS. Now, a lot of people, they don't know, but it can take six months to show up. Six months. I remember talking to one of my students in the past, and they were engaging in sexual immorality. They were having sex before married, also called fornication. And I told, they, they, did not, they wouldn't get a test to see if they had a clean bill of health. They wouldn't get themselves checked. I said, you know, a lot of diseases, a lot of infections, they won't show up until six months afterward. So know that, again, these are a real possibility. Premarital sex uh, lessens your chances of having a fulfilling sex life when you're married or after you're married. Uh, there's a book called Choices where the author talks about the remorse he had from past relationships while he was married. He was always thinking about these past women that he was with. It's very possible that it could have could have consequences even after you're married. Now, movies, music, and your friends won't tell you the whole truth, but I will. Sin works this way. The consequences of sin don't, do not always manifest immediately. Remember, it's like a broken bone or a sprain. You may not feel the pain or the effects until the next day, the day after, or even later. And sometimes our nervous system can have a 30-day delay of experiencing pain after we've done something to our body, up to 30-day delay. It's possible. Now remember, the consequences of sin do not always show up immediately. God instructs parents to spank their children. God's Word teaches that doing wrong is associated with pain. The Bible says don't spare the rod or you spoil the child. Remember, God can forgive you if you've blown it or made a mistake in this area. But don't be deceived and fooled into thinking that there are no consequences for committing sin against God's word. There are things that are going to hurt you. Remember, the Bible says that pleasures, the pleasures of sin are for a season, or it says they're fleeting. After a while, you pay. Everyone pays. People around you will pay. The thing about sin is Satan likes to deceive us and think it's only going to affect us. Or it's just a private sin. No one's going to know. And the truth of the matter is, is that sin not only affects you, but it does, it'll affect the people around you. It'll affect your family. It'll affect your friends. Uh, I know some people recently, uh, not even recently, but you know, because of sin, it's still affecting uh, their family, the other families, and the families around them even to this day. So it's very possible. Don't be deceived in thinking that sin and its effects and its consequences will only affect you because they will affect the people around you. Now, premarital sex can give you emotional stress or emotional distress. It's going to stress you out. Something to keep in mind that your purity and virginity is holy and it's precious. This thing that you work so hard to create... And to protect and make, it's kind of like a work of art. Uh, I, I'm a bit of an artist, and you make a work of art, it, it's like a masterpiece. You've honed it, you've crafted it, you've spent time with it, you've protected it, you've cared for it, you've nurtured it. But the thing is, other people are not going to protect your purity, or even your virginity, if you want to use that word. But purity is, remember, purity is a process. It's not a one-time decision, it's an all-the-time decision. But your way of protecting it, other people will not have, will not care for it. It will not protect it the way that you do. Now, realistically, premarital sex sometimes can result in broken hearts beyond what many people can actually handle. 
There, it's not just a physical connection. There's an emotional connection. It is a spiritual thing. Remember that God always, always, and only wants the best for us. God and His ways, uh, they, He commands that we abstain from fornication or sexual immorality or sex outside of marriage. God's plan for sexual expression is the best plan. Because remember, God made it. And if God made it, He gets to direct and govern how it's used. He can direct how what, what blessings or what good things come from it, what bad things may come from it, or consequences. Now, Acts 15.29 says that, it says that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication. There's that word. If you keep yourselves free from such things, you will do well. That's Acts 15.29. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee or run from immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. You're sinning against yourself. 1 Corinthians 10.8 nor let us act immorally as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in one day. Okay, there were some people living in, in immorality, and, and 23,000 died. Um, read the scriptures. Read the scriptures around that. Look at the context. Ephesians 5.3, But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you, as is proper among the saints. Immorality is not to be named, named among the saints. Now, I know you're not perfect, but if you're born again and new in Christ, you're not a sinner. You're a saint. Now, that doesn't mean you're perfect, but that means you're being sanctified or made more and more like Christ every day of your life. Okay? Colossians 3.15 says, Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. All of that. Immorality. It's bad. First Thessalonians 4.3 For this is the will of God, your sanctification. There's that word again. That is that you abstain from sexual immorality. God is telling you and trying to protect you to say stay away from sexual immorality. Now your physical body is designed to want the opposite sex sexually. Remember, guys are made to pursue the girl. Your body was designed by God to want and have sex. And you only have sex in God's plan when you're married. Anything outside of it, again, there's pain, there's consequences. You may not see it at first, but there will be. Some physical, some emotional, and yes, even spiritual, and probably even social. Yeah, uh, people that dabble in premarital sex, it's weird after it's over. Like again, movies and TV shows don't always show the consequences. They don't show the guy leaving the girl. They don't show the girl leaving the guy. But it happens. Your sexual desires were given to you as a gift from God. When God made Eve, she was carefully crafted. When you look at, at he was she was carefully crafted, honed and perfected. She was made for Adam, and there was no shame in it. Remember, they were married, there was no shame in it, and it was sex is God's idea, not the devil's. This is the best way to approach sex. Now God says don't have sex until you're married. 46% of young people think it's okay to have sex, quote, as long as you really love them. Now again, we're talking about fake love and real love here. Now there are a lot of Christian teens that think the same way, and this is not accurate. It's not accurate at all. Romans 13, 9 uh, through 10 defines what real love is. For this, quote, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. 
all of God's commandments are kept. Uh, they basically sum up in loving your neighbor. All of these commandments are kept if you love your neighbor. God's, God's commandments all come from love. God gave his commandments so you would have his love. And God wants us to love others the way he loves us. Love is central to all of the commandments. You, the world and people and the devil himself will want you to think otherwise, but God wants the best for you. True love and feelings of affection are not the same thing. Many think strong affection is love. It's not true. Love is seeking the love and what's best for the other person. Love is not really love unless you are committed to the well-being of the other person. You're putting the other person before yourself. That's Christ-like love. Jesus died for his church. He died for us. Now, I'm married to and I love my wife. My feelings may be strong one day for her, and another day they may not be the same type of strength. You can have affection for someone, but not love. Now, I love my wife. I'm committed to her, and we've had our ups and downs, and we've we've discussed some things. But you got to remember that love is a choice and a commitment. At the end of the day, no matter how I feel, I'm still I still love and I'm committed to my wife. I made a commitment before her and before God and all witnesses when I married her and she married me on our wedding day. Love is a choice and it is a commitment. Feelings will come with it, but we don't love is not decided by a feeling. It's a choice. The only way to have true love is to base it on your relationship with God. The love of God in me does not want to hurt my wife or to see her hurt. At the end of the day, that's where, that's where you got to repent say you're sorry when you, you hurt the other one. Now, in the Bible, uh, we look at one of the sons of David, Absalom, okay? And we look at some of his kids, 2 Samuel 13.1. Let's look there real quick. 2 Samuel 13.1. Now, it was after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so frustrated because of his sister Tamar that he made himself ill or sick, for she was a virgin, and it seemed hard to Amnon to do anything to her. Now, Amnon was her half-brother. Now, remember, there ha- David, it was acceptable in that time uh, that, you know, apparently, you know, the king could have multiple wives, and that, that they would have heirs and, and continue the kingdom. Uh, it was acceptable in that time. It's not now. But at the end of the day, Amnon, is he's in love with his half-sister. Now, Amnon is, is so in love with her that he's sick to his stomach. So Amnon's sneaky little friend, uh, Jonadab, convinces him to fake being sick and to rape her. Now, Amnon fakes being sick, draws her into his bed, and rapes her. And she says... You know, no, no. If you just ask my father David, he will give you to me as your give me to you as your wife. Amnon didn't have anything to do with her. He raped her, unfortunately. And then verse 15 it says that Amnon hated her with a very great hatred, for the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. Afterward he hated her more than he ever loved her. Amnon said to her, Get up and go away. Now, Tamar's brother, Absalom, found out about it, and I'm not saying it was right, but he took Amnon and he killed him. Now, Amnon thought that was love. Love is not really love unless you are committed to the good and the well-being of the other person. Amnon was not looking out for the well-being of his sister. He was looking out for the well-being of himself. He was selfish, 
And there's a lot of people you're going to run into that are very selfish and they want what they want and not what you want. And they're not looking out for your best interests. They're not looking out for your well-being. Be aware, be vigilant, be alert to see this, especially in the area of relationships. Now remember, love works no ill with your neighbor. Remember, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to mistreat them because you love yourself. The scripture says in Ephesians that um, we can't love others unless we love ourselves. Amnon clearly did not love himself. He obviously did not love his sister, and ultimately his life was ended. Now, if you're having sex right now, stop. If you're in a relationship right now, stop it. Withdraw. Break up if you have to. Do not put yourself into tempting situations. Some people won't have any intention of having sex, but they get into situations where they compromise step by step, choice by choice. Remember, I've said that a lot of times a bad decision happened three or four or five decisions before it. Don't let yourself get in that position in the first place. It is much easier to say no when you aren't tempted in situations where you are alone or isolated. When you're alone or isolated, you're tempted and it's hard to say no. Don't even put yourself in that situation. If the other person loves you or even cares for you at all, they will wait and share this gift from God with you rather than take it now like Amnon. Young person, realize that God's way is the best way. Honor Him and He will honor you. He will provide a spouse and a companion one day that will love you and want your well-being and be committed to you. This is the God kind of love. Say no to sexual immorality and say yes to God's way today. Thank you for listening to Turn Life. And thank you for spend, allowing me to spend this time with you and to help you grow in your faith. And remember, God's plan is the best way. <laughs>